Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. This one's all about autumn and winter and dreadful doom and gloom and dark evenings and mornings. No, it's not. It's not all about, <laughs> all about that. First of all, hello to Davo, Pod. Davo's had his iPad problems, not been able to listen to the episodes recently. Now he's got another iPad. So welcome back to you, Davo. Also, hello to Martin, Mark and Alan who I believe listen to the podcast, which is good. And hello to everyone else. I don't know where you listen to the podcast episodes, but on your iPhone or iPad, there's that sort of little purple icon that says podcast. If you go there, search for Raise Rants, two separate words, just Raise Rants. It'll all come up, all the episodes and all that stuff, and you can follow. And it's easy then, because that way you've got it on your iPad and your iPhone. In this episode, I'm going to be banging on about modern cars that I hate so much. Talking about the old classic cars. Stone the Crows, look at that wind out there. It's getting a bit drafty. And a load of other rubbish, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Talking of autumn, the fall, I was looking up about grass the other day. Brother-in-law was saying he's got to cut his grass, perhaps a couple more times before winter. And I said, yes, I must do that. And then I thought, hang on a minute, it's... Does it need to be cut? Should it be left long or short? Now you're all saying, what are you going on about gardening for? Just out of interest, it's best to leave it long because in the winter, there's not a lot of sunlight and the grass, it obviously still needs to live. And if its blades are long, its blades of grass are long, then the photosynthesis, I can't say that, photosynthesis, <laughs> Stone the crows. That works. So it gets food from the sunlight, from light. Photosynthesis. So I'm not going to cut it. Obviously, don't leave it a foot long, you know, like a wild meadow. But uh, don't shave it off for the winter because that's not good. Anyway, I just thought you'd like to hear about that. I was talking about Morris Thousand one time, uh, Morris Minor on Wednesday's midweek message. I uh, just had an email from Alan. Hello, Alan. He says that he's had a look round eBay and various other places. And uh, what did I say? Three or four grand. He said, that's a little bit cheap. You won't get a, a restored one for that. No, I, I realise that, Alan. I've also had a look. As he says, there's um, there's one for 12,000, one for 11, I think. I think that I would need to spend somewhere around six. I mean, I don't need a an absolutely immaculately fully restored showroom model you know <laughs> because it's going to be used as an everyday car or would be if I get one so six thousand maybe seven thousand you're going to get something pretty good what you don't want of course is a load of rust underneath because then you're forever spending money on welding and the body works all full of holes so that's just no good at all but thanks for that, Alan. And the others that have mentioned, uh, Hillman Minx, 1966 Hillman Minx, lovely car. I had a 54 Hillman Minx. That was my first ever car, one I learned to drive on, in fact. So that was nice. But there are a lot of classic cars around and you don't have to spend tens of thousands like you do on these, what are they, Tesla and all these other really sort of posh cars. I just want a basic, reliable, classic car. Why is it that a lot of things that are old, vintage, antique are far better than the modern day equivalent? It's like my amateur radio stuff. Some of the old gear that I've got, 1940s, it's so well built and it's reliable. It really is a good, sturdy piece of equipment, albeit huge and weighing half a ton whereas some of the modern stuff yes it works well but it doesn't last they have weird faults same with the cars as you know i'm always banging on about gray plastic dashboard in the old days they had the the wooden the walnut dashboard absolutely wonderful some of the old cars even the basic old cars they were almost luxury models compared to today's plastic dashboards there was a chap I saw years ago on YouTube somewhere. I've not been able to find the video since. He had a modern car with a grey plastic dashboard. He ripped it all out, the whole lot. Ripped all the dashboard out. A lot of work. He said it took him months to do it. And he replaced it with a wooden dashboard. Really looked lovely. He did a professional job. He obviously was a carpenter or a joiner. 
you remember cabinet makers? They used to call them cabinet makers. It was excellent. It was a professional job, but a lot of work. You imagine taking the entire dashboard out of your car. It's probably only held in with staples. <laughs> they go around with a staple gun and just click it or a bit of glue here and there. Ripping it all out is one thing, but then building a dashboard and putting it all back. He also did the wood strips along the doors. Do you remember those in the older cars? My MG Magnet had that, wooden strips, walnut. It was only walnut, you know, veneer on plywood, of course. But uh, it really was nice. It was luxurious back in those days. Anyway, I'm not going to spend this entire episode going on about injection-moulded grey plastic horrible dashboards <laughs> and the lovely walnut wood dashboards of the good old days. You'll be pleased to hear. That's the end on that subject. <laughs> Happy days. Email from Tony. He says that uh, when he was playing Conkers at school back in the 60s, he broke his finger. One of his mates hit his conker so hard, and it, anyway, it broke his index finger, he said, right hand, so he couldn't write or, or do anything. And the teachers moaned, because I was talking about that, wasn't I? And acorns, someone was saying, why are you collecting acorns? Well, that's for the squirrels. We give the squirrels all throughout the year monkey nuts, you know, the peanuts in their shells. That costs us a fortune, honestly, it really does. And someone said, well, why not get acorns? So when we saw a load in the Isle of Wight, we're collecting the conkers, and just nearby were loads of acorns. So we've got a bag full of those, and we're going to tip those out in the winter, out in the garden, and see what the squirrels do. They've been burying a lot of these peanuts, the monkey nuts. They bury the whole thing in the lawn, in the borders, everywhere, in pots and tubs. And peanut plants actually come up. It's amazing. <laughs> I've pulled so many up. I did try to grow one, but it didn't sort of want to do much. After after it got to about eight inches tall, it didn't really want to do much. I don't know, wrong soil, wrong climate or something. But the squirrels bury these so they can go and find them later. And I don't think it's working because they start to grow. So they, they dig up their nut or they go to dig up their nut. And it's a plant. <laughs> anyway, we'll see what the acorns do. I'll let you know if in a uh, hundred years' time we've got a garden full of oak trees. One hundred years' time. Good grief, I won't be here. Will the house be here? The house is already hundred... Uh, just, uh, what is it, hundred and two years old, I think? Hundred and three years old. Will it be two hundred and three years old? Will it get that far? It probably would if people left it alone. I suppose they'd all get knocked down in, in our town and... There'll be horrible grey injection-moulded plastic houses. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can laugh. I tell you what, I bet they do have injection-moulded plastic houses at, at some stage. It'll be like Lego, won't it? Lego bricks. They'll build houses, well, not out of bricks even. They'll have four plastic walls, stick a plastic roof on the top. I don't know. I thought we were meant to be getting away from plastic. Perhaps they'll find some other material that's uh, biodegradable. So the houses will only last five years and you have to buy a new one because it's rotted. <laughs> uh, who was it that liked hearing the dustman? I'll tell listen, here they come. <laughs> I forget who it was. Now this is genuine recording, live. This is live as I speak. It's not been added. Anyway, I'll let you hear the dustman because I, I know a few of you do like to hear that. We've got two dustbin collections. There's the the waste ordinary landfill as they call it then the recycle stuff and i think they do a gardening one as well talking of autumn again we've been clearing up leaves and things and we buy these paper sacks am i going to better talk over this noise we buy these paper sacks i think they're 125 just over a pound each and the dustbin will take those so that's how they Hang on a minute, I'm going to have to turn this off. That's how they get their money. That's how they get their... Hang on, I'll be back in a minute. Right, the dustmen have gone, thank goodness. <laughs> That's funny. It's not funny, you're saying I've got my earphones on or ear pods, iPod, what do they call them these days? Those things you put in your ears. You're probably saying I got deafened with that noise. Now, Eileen, hello Eileen. Eileen says that she loves the Sunday episode and the midweek message. Can we have a quarter week and a three quarter week message? Hang on, Eileen, I can't, I might as well go live. 
just live 24 hours a day. I think you can do that now on Podbean that hosts the episodes. I believe I can go live. I can't sit here 24 hours a day, Eileen, can I? No, you didn't ask me to do that. I don't know. I, I can't do a quarter week, a half week and a three quarter week and then the Sunday one. No, 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 that's not good. Now, let's move on. Porcelain dolls. Do you remember uh, when I was a... Well, you don't remember when I was a child. I remember when I was a child. You'll remember when you were a child, won't you? Hopefully. When I was a child in the 50s, girls, most of them, had dolls. Okay, yet boys were allowed to if they wanted. We've got to keep everyone happy, haven't we? They weren't just for girls, they were for boys. I didn't have a doll, I hastened. I'm doing a Magnus Pike again. I'm waving my arms around. I'm going to knock the microphone flying in a minute. Girls had dolls. And they had prams and they put their dolls in their prams and they'd walk around, they'd go to the local shops with mother and they'd be pushing their, their doll in the pram, even up to the age of sort of 14, 15. Whereas these days they push their baby in the pram at that age. No, I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> naughty, no, naughty. Now those dolls, my sister had one called Gwen, Gwendolyn, I think its name was. And she had a pram and she pushed it around in the pram. Those dolls, the better ones, I think were porcelain. And they are quite collectible these days, some of the early ones from the 50s and well, and before, of course. Anyway, that's all beside the point. I don't know why I told you all that. <laughs> I have just been given by my lovely mother-in-law a porcelain doll. It's a bit of a long story. Daughter number three wanted some dolls for Halloween to make them look evil. What was that film? I didn't see it. Was it Chucky? The, the doll that went mental or something, or was violent. I, I don't like films like that. There have been various films, haven't there, about evil dolls and things. And she wanted to dress some up sort of as Halloween to look frightening. So my mother-in-law had this doll, which is too nice, angelic and innocent looking, far too nice for Halloween. So I said, can I have that, please? And I've now got that doll. And it's really nice. I've always liked dolls. Not because I wanted to be a girl, just like my dear mama. Do you remember that song? <laughs> That's probably been banned now. I've always liked dolls because of their eyes and their facial expressions. Some of them are creepy. Some of them are, are weird, aren't they? They look at you. I don't know why. I've always been fascinated. I've never had a doll of my own in my life. I must put that right. Put that on the record <laughs> before you think I'm weird. You ask my sister-in-law, she'll say I'm perfectly normal. N not. And this doll is absolutely lovely. At first, Trish said, oh, we don't want a doll. Where are you going to put it? I said, well, the, the dining room or the lounge. She said, well, the dining room, I suppose, if you have to. Now, what has she done? She's put it in the lounge. And she's straightened its dress and its hat and the rest of it. And she quite likes it. So what have I done? <laughs> I went on to eBay and I had a look. And there's a porcelain doll. The whole thing isn't porcelain. It's the hands, feet and the, the head that's porcelain, the head bit. Three pounds plus two pounds fifty or whatever it was, postage. That's the starting bid. Three. So I thought, well, I'll bid. I got it for three pounds. Hasn't arrived yet. And then I found another one for, what was that, five pounds. And that's on the way. Trish said, I don't want a house full of dolls. I said, no, no, no. I just ordered these because I want to know why they're so cheap. She reckons it's because they're not worth anything. They're modern dolls. Now, one of them was made in 2000. What was it? H. Samuel Christmas Collection or something of dolls. Christmas 2000. I think that's the one that was £5. I can't remember. I just thought I'd get one or two just out of interest to have a look. I like the one mother-in-law gave me. Do you have any dolls? People collect them, don't they? I've been looking online and people do collect them. Some of them... Oh, well over £100 and more. They must be sort of genuine, I don't know, 19, early 1900s, 1920s, or even before, I don't know. But I just thought I'd mention that. So if you ever hear that I've got a collection of dolls, I am quite normal. <laughs> but don't ask my sister-in-law whether I'm normal. You might get the wrong answer. No, you might get the right answer. I don't believe this. The dustmen are coming back. Oh, they're collecting the garden stuff now, the garden sacks that we don't have. Yeah, they are very useful. Do you have those in other countries? What do you do with leaves and whatever you sweep up in the autumn, in the fall? Of course, I'm talking about the autumn and the winter coming, whereas down under, down in Australia, g'day, cobber, 
Hello, Rob. How are you doing down there? It's your summer, isn't it? You're heading into your, your summer, so you're not worried about uh, winter and leaves. Every Here's the dustman now making a noise. Of course, going back to the old days again, which is what these podcast episodes are supposed to be all about, we'd have a bonfire, an incinerator. Do you remember the incinerators? They were like a dustbin, weren't they, with holes in, and the, the lid had a little chimney on it. Everyone had an incinerator. You'd light a fire in the bottom of it, get some wood and bits and pieces, get the fire going, then chuck all your leaves and weeds in there. Of course, they were all damp, so the thing would smoke out of its little chimney. It would smoke, all billowing everywhere. Most people had a, a little bit of etiquette, a little bit of protocol. Wash day, Monday was wash day, so you didn't light fires then because there's people hanging out washing. Didn't light them on a Tuesday because most people had still got their washing out there because it had been raining and not dried. <laughs> but we had bonfires and things. I remember as a kid going down the garden, we had a big garden, and I'd like bonfires. And I remember my mum saying, you know, put some weeds on. Don't just burn rubbish. Put weeds on it. Scrape up with some leaves. You know, get those together and put on your fire. Which I did in the autumn, of course. Where my dad had trimmed back bushes and pruned bits of trees and shrubs and stuff. Chuck it all on the fire. Great fun as a kid. I don't think we're allowed to. Are we allowed to have bonfires now? I don't know. I know some people do regardless, don't they? but I'm not sure that you're allowed to have bonfires in your back garden anymore. I remember a friend of mine, his dad, I was round the house, because he said, come round after school, my dad's going to have a big fire. So I went round there that evening, and do you know what his dad was burning? Sacrilege, really. A piano. He'd humped this piano onto this bonfire, and the thing was going up in flames. He also had an old wardrobe and some other furniture, and it was a massive fire. In his garden, it was a big garden again, but a huge fire. I remember the heat. I had to stand well back. But this piano, such a shame. I remember looking at it thinking, you're watching the, the keys, the ivory keys, all curl up and burn with the heat. And I just thought, what a shame that was. My parents, my mum, bought a piano from someone down the road. Sixpence. Six old pence. What's that? Two and a half pence in new money. New money. Listen to me, new money. It was new in 71 or whatever. It's not new now, is it? <laughs> new money. Sixpence she paid for it. And they wheeled it up the road on its metal casters. And that's when my interest in learning to play the piano began. And it uh, never did come to any sort of fruition, unfortunately. I remember we wrote on the keys, or my mum did, the letters, what is it, uh, F-A-C-E, face, isn't it? And... There was that other one, every good boy deserves food. We had other meaning, other words for that, but I won't go into that because I'll get arrested. I remember that at school. <laughs> right, let's move on swiftly. We've just been keeping with the autumnal and winter type theme. We've just been given by our niece a load of wood, a few carrier bags full of wood. I think it's apple or pear tree, or was it cherry tree, that she got from someone uh, for her log burner, but they're not doing their log burner now, so we've got them. I don't think you're allowed to burn wood now. Are we allowed to do anything? We can't play conkers. We can't have a bonfire in the garden. We can't burn wood. Can't burn ordinary coal. We have to buy this synthetic stuff, which isn't anywhere near as good, to be honest. It works, but nowhere near as good. I, I lose track sometimes of exactly what we can and can't do. I think the best thing to do is to assume you can't do anything. And then if you want to do something, just look that up and make sure you can. <laughs> it is getting a bit uh, orcs, though, isn't it, that word orcs? I, I throw that one in for my son. Here's the thing for my son in North Carolina. It's totes orcs, knowing what we can and can't do these days. Totally awkward. So we've got a nice lot of wood now and some synthetic coal for the fire. I just hope we don't have to start lighting the fire too early. We need a nice mild winter, don't we, really? which will then sort of merge into springtime and the daffodils will come up and the crocus summer will be on the way. But that's quite a long way off at the moment, isn't it? I won't go back to porcelain dolls, but teddy bears. We all had teddy bears when we were kids and some of those are quite valuable now. I've seen various auctions. There was one on the TV some oh, year or two ago. I don't know what teddy bear it was. Were they German? There was a specific make, wasn't there? This teddy bear went for several hundred pounds. I can't remember how much exactly, but I was amazed. 
I don't know where my teddy bear went. I lost him years ago, but I had him since I was about two years old. And he disappeared, of course, over the years. He probably ran off to the woods <laughs> to find his friends. But it's amazing, isn't it, what people do collect. Dolls, teddy bears, toy cars, anything from the 40s, 50s or 60s, of course. All the toys from those days, the tin toys. My sister's doll, you could tip it up and it made a noise, sort of... or something. I think it was meant to be crying. This doll I've got doesn't do that. And the teddy bears, they had little bellows in. I remember a friend of mine ripped his apart. I was round his place once and he was squeezing the back of the teddy bear. He wanted to know what it was in there. So he got a knife from the kitchen, cut the back of the thing open and ripped out this. It was like a bellows, like brown cloth or was it papery stuff? Bellows. And his mother told him off, of course. She put it back and had to sew it all up. But uh, that was interesting to see what it was. And some of the later dolls, I remember, they had a little record player inside. The days of little MP3 players and things like that and chips and things inside were, were way off. This was a tiny record player, a little record that, that went round and round and a couple of batteries in the back of the thing. And, and it sort of, did it speak? I think on the record it, it said something to you, like I'm starved or something like that. I remember when toys with batteries first started to fill Christmas stockings and birthday presents. It was such a shame because a child would get a toy, open it excitedly, and it didn't work. Oh, there's no batteries. Not supplied with batteries. You know, Mum, Dad, have you got any batteries? Oh, no, not for that. No, you'll have to wait for the shops to open. Oh, when's that? Well, that's after Christmas. <laughs> Back then, of course, 60s. 70s shops weren't open uh, when did they they closed christmas day weren't they probably closed boxing day now well i mentioned the c word haven't i, I didn't i must do that i did say i wouldn't do that anyway no we're not we're not talking about the c words so much as toys with batteries but now i'm sure there are shops open on christmas day where you can pop round and buy some batteries of course with the clockwork toys many many years ago but well 50s when i was a child a lot of my toys were clockwork. You'd wind them up and they'd do various things, a wind-up train, a wind-up car, various things like that. Everything was clockwork. Of course, the battery toys came along and people <laughs> people had to spend, I think, more on batteries than they did on Christmas presents. I don't know. There we are, sign of the times, progress. Totally different subject. Just heard from Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Nice to get your email. Um... Out-of-body experiences. Now, only a few people have commented on that. Do you remember I mentioned it, was it last Sunday? Bruce said that he was uh, doing something at a bench one day and suddenly he felt as he floated up to the ceiling and looked down at himself. Now, you may laugh, but I have heard this before. I've heard of people having an operation. They're on the operating table, they're knocked out and they look down at themselves being operated on. Now, that's not a one-off. You know, it's not one or two people that this has happened to. I've heard this many times. Nothing like that has happened to me, but that must be quite a fascinating experience. Now, is that, a lot of you are going to say, well, is that something in your mind? Perhaps Bruce was standing at the workbench and he, he started dreaming. I don't know. Bruce didn't think it was dreaming, obviously, because he, he was looking down at himself. That is weird. And one or two other, who was it? Gordon. Hello, Gordon. Your email, thanks for that. You were saying that uh, you were in the dentist when you were a child and you had gas. Oh, oh, don't. I remember that when you have a tooth out. Oh, they used to gas you. Put a rubber mask over your face and the dentist would say, sniff, and you're going... <laughs> and suddenly you go, oh, and you fade away. You fade away like you're dying. But Gordon says that he was standing by him himself and the dentist watching the dentist pull his tooth out stone the crows i don't like the sound of that gordon and one or two other well several of you have similar experiences floating up to the ceiling and looking down upon yourself it, it's all rather odd isn't it i wonder what the i wonder what the answer is to that what is the explanation i'd love to know Many years ago, I had a parathyroid gland out. There are four of them in your neck, parathyroid. And I went up to St. Thomas's Hospital. On the operating table, 
the surgeon said to me, right, count backwards from 10. And I said, I shall be up on the ceiling watching you. I jokingly said that. And he said to me, that has happened. And then I faded away. It didn't happen to me as it happens. As it happens, it didn't happen as it happens. <laughs> but he said that has happened. And I found that interesting. Another email from Ed. Hello, Ed. Ed's talking about, uh, do you remember the episode I did? Was that last week? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> so many episodes, I can't remember. I think it was last week. About don't worry about what other people think about you, you know? Do you worry about they're looking at you and wondering what you're wearing? Why is he wearing those jeans? They look awful. Well, Ed said that uh, a few things happened to him at university. One chap was ultra clean and tidy in his room at uni. His his stuff was all neat and tidy, of course. And then uh, <laughs> COVID came along and there's pizza boxes everywhere. He couldn't do this, he couldn't do that. But the thing is, I was going to mention about your email, Ed. Greg's, the baker, was just down the road. <laughs> this is funny. And you walked down there to Greg's in the morning in your pyjamas. And I think a shirt on top, pyjama bottoms. And no one took a blind bit of notice. So people don't always look at you and think, oh, what's he doing? Why is he wearing that? I can imagine you, Ed, walking down to Greg's the baker early in the morning from your uni, from your rooms, to buy sandwiches or whatever it was you bought. That reminds me, actually. I'm going back now, must be 40 years, I suppose. Knock on the front door early one morning. It's the lady next door standing there in nothing but a towel wrapped round her. And I, I said, uh, morning, you know, you're right. She said, I had a ring on the doorbell. It must be kids mucking about. I stepped out to see who it was and the door shut. And I, I'm locked out. <laughs> She's locked out of her place. So I said, right, you go and sit in the lounge. I'll see if I can get into your house. <laughs> and uh, I went round the back of her place. And luckily there was a small window open. I could reach through, open the bigger window, get in, walk through to the front door and open it. So that was quite funny. Well, embarrassing for her, but I found it funny though. Happy days. <laughs> Imagine that, finding someone, a lady at your door in nothing but a towel early in the morning. Oh, and she was wet. Her hair was dripping wet. <laughs> i tell you what, Ed, if I walked down the street in pyjamas, well, I don't wear pyjamas, but if I did, people would think, oh, look, that old boy has escaped from a, an old people's home and they'd call the cops. <laughs> the cops would pick me up and ring round the old homes. Have you lost a bloke? <laughs> Some old boy here walking around in his pyjamas. I don't know. Yes, anyway, we haven't got Greg's near us, which is probably just as well. Actually, it's quite sad because I have heard of people walking out of old people's homes, nursing homes. They're wandering down the road in a dressing gown or something. They don't know what they're doing. It's sad, isn't it? That does happen. It's now Wednesday and that weather out there doesn't look at all good. It's windy. There's a very fine, misty type of rain in the air. Not nice at all. I don't know what the temperature is. Probably about 10 degrees, 11 maybe. Not nice. We certainly are getting well into autumn with winter on the way. The midweek message uh, went on today as it's Wednesday. What I'm doing with the Sunday episodes is doing a little bit here, a little bit there, so perhaps some on Wednesday, some on Thursday, put it together that way. Because I don't always get time, well, time and peace and quiet, <laughs> to do the Sunday episode in one go. Now, nothing to do with this, but Trisha happens to have gone into town, so I'm here on my own. That's nothing to do with Trisha not being here, and uh, I've got peace and quiet. The two <laughs> don't go together at all. <laughs> talking of the autumn and the winter had an email from Diana hello Diana and she was talking about nature tables now we've talked about this before haven't we, we mentioned nature tables and schools in the old days and she says that what they do in their house I mean, she was prompted not by this episode of course because she hasn't heard this episode <laughs> but she says in her house what they do they've got quite a big house in a village that's in the UK, Diana. Yes, you're in the UK, aren't you? Looking at your email address. And out the back, you've got the woods, end of your garden. Lovely. Oh, fantastic. I would love that. A largest house in the country with woods at the end of your back garden. And what they do, she says, what I do for the kids every autumn, they've got a huge table. They've got like a spare room, a spare dining room, she's called it. 
And in there, there's this huge table. They put it against the wall and they fill it with autumn and winter type stuff, like a nature table, like we used to do at school. And she said, the kids love it. I don't know how old your kids are, Diana, but uh, they love it. That's really good. I like that idea. We're going to keep some of the conkers and the acorns. We're not going to give all the acorns to the squirrels. We're going to keep some. Our dining room, now you're going to love this. I think I must have mentioned this before. Our dining room is absolutely full. It's like a curiosity shop. You know, it's like a bric-a-brac shop. It is absolutely jam-packed with stuff. <laughs> There's just stuff everywhere. There's shelf units on the walls. There's units everywhere. And everything is covered in bits and pieces. So conkers and acorns here and there on shelves wouldn't look at all out of place. My brother-in-law, I think I have mentioned this before, haven't I? My brother-in-law hates it. He says he couldn't live there. He couldn't live like that. It would just worry him. And quite a few people have said that. There's a, a divide. Some people have said, oh, no, 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 I like the, the sparse, you know, just minimalistic chair, table, this, that and the other. I couldn't have all this stuff. It would just drive me around the bend. It's like a Lowry painting with a matchstick stalk. Matchstick stalk? Matchstick men. I'm thinking of the record now, aren't I? What is it? Matchstick men. Matchstalk men and matchstalk cats and dogs. That's what I was trying to say. You know, the Lowry paintings. Whenever you look at it, you can see something else. There's a little dog, there's children playing. And that's like our dining room. <laughs> Whenever you go in there, you look around. Oh, I haven't seen that before. People have said, when did you put that there? Oh, that's been there 10 years. I've noticed that before. That's what I like, the Lowry painting type room. Now, other people, on the other hand, the non-minimalistic people. Can I say, is there such a word, non-minimalistic they love it. Oh, it's so homely. Oh, I love your home. They just love it. They love, uh, some of Trisha's friends, they love sitting in our dining room. It's just homely. It is homely. It's like sitting in a junk shop. <laughs> no, it's not a junk shop. It's like sitting in a, as I said, a sort of bric-a-brac, an antique shop. And my doll, Christine, that's her name, she doesn't look at all out of place in the lounge. The lounge isn't quite so cluttered as the dining room, but she doesn't look out of place. And neither will the other dolls. I said to Trish yesterday, I said, I've got two dolls on the way. She said, what? You haven't told me that. I said, yes, I have. No, she said, you said you'd order one doll. And I said to her, I knew you weren't listening. She's on her mobile phone. And she's going, duh, 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 typing all this stuff. And I mentioned something to her. No acknowledgement. And I have pointed this out. She says, no, I'm listening. I don't acknowledge because I'm typing. But I do take it in. I'm listening. She doesn't take it in. You didn't tell me you'd ordered two dolls. Yes, I did. I told you how much they were, where I got them from, blah, blah, blah. I said, you were on your phone. You weren't listening. You weren't taking it in at all. She reckons she can multitask, and she can most of the time. I think when she's typing on the phone, then that's different, isn't it? You are concentrating on that. She's got this knack. I wish I had it. She's able to block out, zone out, as she calls it and concentrate on one thing. So even if there are a lot of people in the room talking, she can somehow switch them off. I can't do that, they just annoy me. <laughs> I'll tell you what does annoy me. In the old days, no, the old days don't annoy me. In the old days, you'd have people on the TV, like a debate, and they were discussing something, some news programme, they're all discussing whatever. These days, the debate's on the telly, you get a news channel, you've got perhaps four people there, they're all shouting over each other and no one gets a chance to finish what they're saying because they're interrupted, they're shouted down. Goodness me, I, I can't stand that. I can't stand people talking over each other, both getting louder than the, each getting louder than the other one, you know, to make themselves heard. So you can't hear what either are, are saying. It's just a nightmare. I don't know why these TV channels do it. They should say to them, look, if you come in on our panel, you're not going to shout. If you shout, right, you're kicked off. Send in the heavies and drag them off the set. <laughs> I just, I can't understand it. I want to hear both sides of the argument. I want to listen to the debate. I don't want to hear two people shouting each other down all the time. Still, there we are. You see, when I was a boy, you didn't have things like that. Well, actually, you probably did. What did we have in the old days? Oh, David Frost. Was it? Yes, that was good. Do you remember David Frost on the telly? He used to have guests 
But that they were single guests, weren't they? I don't think you had like a panel of people because that's when they all shout at each other or shout over each other. I'm very lucky because Trisha doesn't mind when I... I mean, she doesn't like the dolls. I think she's they're growing on her, or the one we've got is growing on her. <laughs> but she doesn't mind. I've got a Morse key, a Morse code key, and what they call a sounder, a Morse code sounder, antique stuff from the 40s in the dining room on the mantelpiece. And I put that there and she hasn't mentioned it. I put it there, what, two years ago? She'll put something in the dining room on a shelf if, if she could find a space. <laughs> and I don't mind. Do what you like. And I think, you know, we're both very lucky. I'm lucky to have her and she's extremely lucky to have me. <laughs> no, seriously, it works. I'm going to collect a few dolls. Not, I'm not going to get dozens of dolls. I just want a few of these dolls so they can watch people as they walk into the room and give them the evil eye. <laughs> but uh, we we collect stuff and we put it around. Trisha's got some 50 pence pieces. There's something special about them. They've got different emblems or pictures or whatever on them and I think they're becoming collectible. And she's got a few of those lined up on a shelf and other uh, bits and pieces. <laughs> if ever I'm short of cash, I can spend it. No, I wouldn't do that. But it's good because it, it works for both of us. I can put my Morse code things there and I've got some old radio books on the mantelpiece in the dining room. I just thought they were in keeping. They're, they're books I like to look at now and then. They're 1930s, 1940s books. And they're in keeping with the, the mantelpiece, the fireplace, the dining room, the house. In the hall, we've got a 1940s radio, a candlestick telephone with a wooden box on the wall next to the grandmother clock. You remember the candlestick? Well, no, you won't remember the candlestick telephones. I don't remember ever seeing one that was actually in use. Uh, now, bearing in mind, I was born early 50s. I think they'd gone, hadn't they, before the 50s, and they went over to the ordinary type telephones. But you see them in films, and we've got one on the hall table by the grandmother clock. And I just like all that sort of thing, and so does Trish. I said to her, look, I've got the bell box that goes with the phone. Really, it needs to go on the wall. And she said, well, put it on the wall then. Not, oh, I don't want that on the wall. <laughs> and I've got it also in the hallway. It should be in the sort of downstairs, kitchen, scullery, cook, maids type, butler area. It's a, a bell box, you know, with all little swinging things. Bedroom one, bedroom two, master bedroom, library study all that sort of thing so the the maid or the whoever the butler the bell would go and he'd look up oh, I'm wanted in the in the library for example I've got one of those on the wall in the hall and I think that looks great and luckily Trish she's all for it you know when I first got it she was helping me clean it up helping me polish the wood anyway that's enough of that you don't want to hear any more about our house do you I am making a video of Worthing my hometown Several people over the years, because I, I do these YouTube videos, they said, can you do a video of your town? Walking around the town, show us the shops and the pubs. Well, what pubs there are left. I've been taking sort of video clips over the last well, year or so around the town, if ever I do go down there, which I hate. And one of these days I'll put it all together and uh, people can have a look around the town if that's what they want to do. And it seems they do. I just wish that when I got my first camera, when I was 12, I suppose, a brownie 127. I wish I'd taken pictures of worthwhile things, not daft things that I used to take photographs of, but things down the town. I could then say, look, that's what it was like in 19, whatever it was. That would be interesting. But of course, at 12 years old, I do remember taking pictures of TV aerials and stuff like that. You see, even at that age, I was into radio and aerials and things. And uh, we went up the Downs. There's a place called Truly Hill. And up there's all sorts of radio aerials and mysterious stuff. And I remember going up there. I went up there on my bike, would you believe? It's a huge hill. And I took my camera up there and took photos of aerials and whatever else was up there. And when I had the thing developed, there was nothing. The chemist said, sorry, the light must have got into your camera. There are no photos apart from a couple of blurred ones, so I'd cycled all that way for nothing. <laughs> of course, these days you've got your phone, haven't you? Just click around or video whatever you want. It's now Thursday, I think. 
lashed with rain last night, loads of rain. Fantastic, the water the garden and fill up the pond a little bit, that's getting low. I've just been round to have my hair cut round at the bar. Do they call them barbers anymore? Or are they all hairdressers? Hairdressers for men and all this stuff, unisex stuff. Anyway, I've been round to the barber, had my hair cut. On the way back, you won't believe this, bump into someone, someone I know. Oh, had your hair cut? What is it with people? I talked about this, didn't I, a week or two ago. Had your hair cut? So I said, no. <laughs> he said, well, it looks like you've had your hair cut. I said, well, I have. That was, what, three weeks ago, must be? So that put paid to his mockery or whatever he was trying to do. And then someone else, I was almost home, someone else I know. Hello, Ray, had your ears lowered? Ears lowered. I said, what do you mean? Well, haircut. I said, yeah, it was weeks ago. I must admit, I do grow my hair very long uh, between haircuts. You know, I don't go anywhere near as often as I should. But that's just what I was talking about recently. And something else that happened the other day, you won't believe this either. You know, I was talking about people, they look at your shoes and what you're wearing and they comment, oh, oh a new coat, is it? Oh, is that a new shirt? <laughs> no, I've had it years, clear off. <laughs> Someone the other day, this is just the other day, new shoes and I looked down at my shoes and I said no yes they're new shoes aren't they I said no I've had these for years oh I've never seen them before I said well I said I was a bit rude I said well that's your problem not mine <laughs> what is it with people I do not understand maybe they're just trying to make conversation I don't know I have no idea for example I've just been round to the hairdresser I don't know what he had on his feet people that I bumped into on my way back. If you said, what were they wearing? I don't know, I can't remember. I think one chap had a jacket, the other, I don't know, I've no idea what shoes they were wearing. Is it that I'm not observant and other people are? Or is it that I just not interested <laughs> in other people's footwear? <laughs> Raise rants at protonmail.com. You tell me, do you go around looking at people's shoes? I must admit with women, am I allowed to say women? <laughs> Goodness knows. With women, if they've had their hair done, then I will say, oh, your hair looks nice. I'll say that even if it doesn't. You know, it's just polite, isn't it? Oh, your hair looks nice. And I'm thinking, good grief, what have they done to that? No, seriously, I will notice if a, a lady has had her hair cut. And I, I will compliment them, only if I think it's nice. Anyway, let's move on from all that nonsense. <laughs> had your ears lowered? Oh, stone that crows. It is warm out there though, quite a nice little walk round the corner to the barber or whatever he calls himself. It's nice and warm out there, little breeze. I think the rain's finished for today. Tonight is going to be a monsoon according to weather forecast. And I've just discovered today, Thursday, we've got a load of the family round for lunch. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. That's meant to be on a Saturday that we have the family for lunch. Anyway, change of plan, it's probably Saturday as well. When I was a child in the 50s, I don't remember people coming round for lunch. I don't think we went to other people's houses for lunch. Have you got relations that live nearby? We have. We've got lots of, well, on Trisha's side, lots of relations that live nearby. When I was younger, my cousins were all over the UK. Uh, where was it? Suffolk. Some went to Devon, uh, Somerset. Uh, where else? All over the place. Uh, Norfolk, in fact, up the top of Norfolk near Cromer. So I didn't see much of my cousins at all, and I never have since. I've lost count of how many cousins I've got, or had. I don't know, I suppose some of them now are pretty old, because quite a few of them were quite a bit older than me. But I don't remember going to other people's houses for lunch, or other people coming to our house for lunch. In fact, we had very few visitors. Perhaps my parents didn't have any friends. <laughs> That's a thought, isn't it? We had very few visitors, actually, at weekends. One or two people that my dad had worked with or did work with perhaps would pop in, but we didn't have a lot of... I mean, there weren't barbecues. There weren't barbecues back then, but I don't know, we didn't have people round for a, a coffee and a chat. I remember one or two evenings, uh, another couple would come round uh, for drinks, but that was normally something dreadful like sherry. Do you like sherry? It's awful. Sherry is disgusting. But these days it seems that people are always round each other's houses, which is good. I, I like Saturdays. Family all come round and we, we swap gossip and stories and things, what happened in the week. 
how you got on at work and stuff like that, how I've had a haircut. They're coming round for lunch today. I shall tell you how many, <laughs> I think it's only four or five coming round. I shall tell you the comments. Oh, had your haircut? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I shall tell you what happens later on today when they've all gone. A neighbour of mine many years ago, I was out at the front of the house talking to him. He was in his front garden and he was mowing the lawn. Now, this is 100% true. It's just really, it sums up what I'm saying very nicely. This other neighbour walked past. Hello, what was his name? John, that's right. Hello, John. Mowing the lawn. <laughs> Dear. And John, he said, no, I'm washing the windows. What's it look like? <laughs> that was quite funny. And this chap, he said, oh, sorry, I'm uh, only making conversation. And John said to him, and he was right, he said, you're about the fourth person that's asked me today, oh, are you mowing the lawn? Or pointed out that I'm mowing the lawn. And he said, what do you think I'm doing? What's it look like I'm doing? I, I just sniggered. <laughs> I didn't join in, I just sniggered. Is it a, a British thing? I was just wondering, you know, I've said in the past that, that us Brits are always talking about the weather. You meet a neighbour outside or pass a friend in the street, always comment on the weather. Bit of a windy night, wasn't it? We had some rain in the night. Oh, we did. Yeah. Weather forecast is good for the weekend. Is it? Oh, yes, we're going to have some sunshine. Got some rain coming in tonight, though. Good for the garden. Is it just us Brits that do all this? Oh, new shoes. <laughs> had your ears lowered. Come on, I want to hear from you all around the world. Australia, America, wherever you are. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Does that happen where you are? I only had one comment about my haircut, which is disappointing. Sean, call me Sean. Was that uh, Wallace and Gromit? Sean the sheep, wasn't it? When I get back from having my haircut, Trisha says, just call me Sean. <laughs> she says that every time I get back from the, the barber, or is it the hairdresser? Well, it's now Saturday, the 14th of October, 23. And what's the time? 25 past seven. Not very warm at all. They did say it would get cold. Nine degrees centigrade, which is 48 Fahrenheit. No wind at all. Beautiful blue sky, sunshine. It's going to be nice all day, but cold. 83% and 10, 15 millibars. Your beautiful day. Beautiful day out there. I actually fired up the heating. I went downstairs at five o'clock this morning. And it was chilly, so I just fired up the heating, only for 15 minutes, the gas heating, just to take the chill off the house. Of course, in the old days, here we go, when I was a boy, <laughs> in the old days, we didn't have gas central heating, stone the crows, we didn't have double glazing. We just had the old metal crittle windows, and we had eider downs and blankets in, on the bed, loads of sheets and blankets and all sorts. And yes, I've got to say it, haven't I? We had frost inside the window, not only outside. Everyone says that. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. Um, a few of us just chatting about the, the winter and the old days. And I said, youngsters don't like to hear old people saying that. Oh, when I was a boy, we had ice inside the bedroom window. You lot live in luxury. They don't like all that. <laughs> I don't think they believe it, to be honest. But it's true. Who remembers the milk bottle? You get the milk in in the morning in the midwinter and the, the silver cap is like an inch or two above. The milk's frozen and it's pushed the cap off and it's sticking up from the top of the bottle by an inch or two. Who remembers that? Who remembers being told off? I got told off. There were some of the old Terry nappies hanging on the washing line and it was really icy. The nappies were solid ice. And I was trying to snap them. I was trying to bend them. And my mother opened the window. Don't do that. You'll break them in half. And I didn't believe her. I didn't actually ever break any nappies in half. But uh, I don't think it did them any good. But apparently it can snap. I suppose if it's that cold, like absolute zero, then you can shatter. What is that little video I've seen? Shatter an apple. And I used to do that whenever she wasn't looking and it was really cold and icy and frosty out there. I'd go and try and snap the nappies and the towels in half. <laughs> Who remembers that? And then walking to school, not in a yummy mummy's Chelsea tractor. We had to walk to school in the snow and ice, balaclava, 
Gloves had to walk 10 miles there and 15 miles back. Well, not quite. <laughs> but we did. We had a woolly hat and the balaclava. Did you have a balaclava? I remember that. And a bodice. I was forced to wear a bodice under my school shirt. Some kind of, I don't know what it was, a vest thing with rubber buttons. Awful. Imagine the kids <laughs> going to school in that today. No, they just wouldn't do it, would they? Happy days. If you've got any memories of your old school days back in the 50s or even earlier 40s, balaclavas <laughs> and uh, milk at school, that was disgusting. That was warmed up on the radiators and things. Absolutely awful, foul stuff it was. Any memories, let me know. Raise rants at protonmail.com. We were forced to play hockey out on the, the school field. We're in our shorts and whatever top we had absolutely freezing the ground was solid the grass was just white with solid ice and we had to play hockey we were all shivering i hated it i absolutely hated it in fact every friday afternoon was sports i know i've told you this before but i've got to moan and rant about this every friday afternoon was sport and in the winter who wants to go out on a frozen field and bash each other's shins and knees and things with sticks I certainly didn't. After that episode, I played truant every Friday afternoon. After history, two o'clock, I went out. I left, took my bike, went over the park, met some lads uh, over there, some like-minded lads. And we'd sit there and have a chat and have a smoke. That's what proper boys did back in those days. We still froze, of course, sitting in the park, but at least we weren't in shorts. OK, have you had enough? Look at that beautiful weather. There's not a breath of wind or breeze it really is nice bright sunshine have you noticed the sun's getting low of course you won't notice that in australia will you i was laughing wasn't i earlier you lot down under earlier this year i was saying oh your winter's coming you're going to be cold now it's all turned round, hasn't it your summer's coming and i'm going to be cold anyway hope you're all okay down under and uh, all around the world wherever you are i know there are a lot of listeners all around the world which is great, and it'd be nice to hear from you all if you've anything to say, good or bad, raise rants at protonmail.com. Now, I shall see you when will I see you? Wednesday. And no, I'm not doing a quarter, a half, and a three-quarter message each week, only a midweek message on Wednesday. I shall see you then. Be good if you can't. What was that? Be good if you can't get a pram or something. Can't remember. I must look that one up. I can't remember. Take care. Bye-bye for now.